I am very proud to say that carbon emissions from the U.S. power sector were 40% below 2005 levels as of the end of last year, and they are at the lowest level in more than 40 years. Welcome to Electric Perspectives, a podcast that explores how America's electric companies are working to deliver the reliable, affordable, secure, and clean energy that powers our economy and our everyday lives. My name is Sydney Alvarez. And my name is Brian Real. We are your hosts as we learn together about all the innovative ways electric companies are building a cleaner, smarter, stronger energy future for the customers and communities they are so proud to serve. Our show is a product of EEI, the Edison Electric Institute. EEI is the trade association that represents all U.S. investor-owned electric companies. And if you like what you hear, we hope you'll subscribe to our podcast and leave a review on Apple. So let's get started. On our show today, we will discuss the outlook for the U.S. electric power industry. How did electric companies respond to last year's unprecedented challenges, all while providing customers the energy they need? And how are they expanding on their efforts to deliver America's energy future? Our guest today is Tom Kuhn, president of EEI. He's here today to share his insights on the electric power industry from the vantage point of leadership and to help us explore how electric companies are embracing change while continuing to focus on resilience. Hey, Tom, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much, Sydney and Brian. I look forward to our conversation. Thank you so much for for doing this interview with us. I know we're doing this through Zoom. Sometimes there's a little bit of of glitches. So uh, thank you for, for working through, you know, with technology. Let's talk about what we are all facing, COVID-19. The pandemic really has upended many industries and the electric power industry is no exception. Can you talk about some of the steps EEI member companies took or are currently taking to ensure that they continue providing reliable and affordable service? Time and time again, uh, the pandemic reminded us of just how important electricity is to everybody's lives. You know, very, very many people were working from home. Uh, children were working uh, from home also uh, for, for their classes. And, and people were just totally dependent upon electricity. And again, we showed just how resilient uh, we are in providing that electricity. The uh, uh, industry had to work with our government partners to develop uh, uh, COVID protocols uh, so that when linemen were out uh, restoring power, uh, they had to do social distancing, they had to use PPP. Uh, and again, I think that uh, uh, it showed how well our industry adapted uh, in terms of uh, making sure the electricity was on 24 seven. And then throughout the pandemic, the electric power industry never really stopped working. So while we did have many employees working from home, line workers, grid operators, a lot of these folks did remain out on the front lines. How difficult was it for electric companies to adapt during the pandemic? Well, it was kind of challenging, Brian, because uh, again, uh, people want their electricity on 24 seven and we needed to have uh, workers out there. We had a record uh, storm season and hurricane and derechos and wildfires. And uh, those people, those crews that were out in the front line 
throughout all this uh, were truly an inspiration. Uh, they are they are the heart and soul of our industry. You know, Tom, sticking with the pandemic, our member companies also really worked with their customers, right? They they worked with like assistance programs uh, and with businesses as well. Can you tell us about that? Well, it was very, very important to work with our customers because there was a lot of pain and suffering from uh, customers, not only residential customers, where we uh, suspended uh, uh, cutoffs to uh, small business customers, and we worked with them to hook them up into uh, various aid programs that were there. We increased our charitable contributions, but uh, our customers, again, are the uh, are the reason we're in business here, and uh, we wanted to work closely with them. We probably got even more close with them than we ever have before. You know, Tom, you, um, I, I've heard you before say this statement, and, and I'm going to bring it up. So, you know, EEI represents all U.S. investor-owned electric companies, and EEI members are leading uh, on clean energy. You have very boldly said that with the right technologies and the right policies in place, a 100% clean energy future can be more than a goal. It can be a reality. Help us all understand what you mean by this. Well, our progress so far has been remarkable. We have uh, led the world in reducing carbon emissions in our sector. Uh, we have reduced carbon emissions some 40% from 2005 levels as of the end of last year. Uh, and we have done this uh, by retiring some older coal plants, by replacing them with renewables and natural gas. But we've done all this while keeping rates at or below the level of inflation. And what role does battery storage play in this clean energy transition? Well, battery storage is an exciting new technology, and it's uh, it's a technology that is very, very adaptable on different parts of the system. Uh, battery storage has increased by more than 400% in the last five years. Solar has increased by more than 200% and wind by 60%. So these new technologies are really making a major difference in our, uh, in our grid. What about nuclear? You know, how important is nuclear and what kind of role does it play to a carbon-free, you know, energy? Well, nuclear is totally key. Uh, you know, nu nuclear uh, represents 20% of our generation, but it represents 50, more than 50% of our carbon-free generation. Uh, nuclear plants are available 24-7. They, uh, uh, you know, they have the uh, reliability and dependability that you need uh, to balance off uh, intermittent renewable technologies. And uh, again, it is the largest source of carbon-free energy. So, Tom, our member companies also are always focused on making sure that electricity is affordable for customers. So how does continued use of natural gas help keep electricity prices low for customers? Well, natural gas has been uh, been key, too, uh, as we've uh, moved off of coal plants and onto uh, low-cost natural gas. Uh, and, and the gas uh, represents a... Uh, a battery almost, it's, uh, it, it is so reliable, so it helps uh, you quick start the system. And, you know, it, the affordability and dependability are still, you know, the top priorities other than uh, making sure we're reliable. 
because customers use electricity so much and depend upon it so much more these days. So it, it is incredibly important that we keep it affordable and reliable. And you mentioned that 40% of all U.S. power generation now comes from carbon-free sources. So we're going to continue getting clean as an industry, but how does that benefit other sectors of the economy? Well, we've always said that uh, that global climate change has to be an economy-wide issue. And uh, again, we, uh, five years ago, were the leading source of emissions, and now we're in second place behind transportation. So... Uh, we're very, very excited now that uh, automobile companies are moving toward electrify their fleets uh, and uh, electric vehicles are, are really taking off right now. And be, beyond that, we have buses and trucks and uh, we're doing uh, major charging stations throughout the country. The electric companies are investing more than $3 billion uh, in, in charging infrastructure. So it's a it's a very, very exciting time uh, for our industry. So, Tom, you know, with such a focus on, on clean energy, as we're referring to, can you talk about the outlook for clean energy related legislation and policies in Washington? Well, policies are very, very important. Uh, and I think that, uh, you know, there's going to be uh, uh, clean energy legislation that will be debated. Uh, uh, we will be major players uh, because it is very much focused on our industry. Uh, also regulations from the administration. Uh, and we are so very, very proud that we are leading the charge on uh, clean energy and climate change that uh, we are very, very well positioned to, uh, uh, to be part of the conversation on all of these issues. So Tom, to change gears a little bit, EM member companies have continued to make significant investments to make the energy, energy grid smarter, stronger, cleaner, more secure. Can you talk about how customers are benefiting from these investments? Well, again, I think customers are definitely benefiting from the investments we're making. We are the most capital intensive industry in the country. We invest more than $100 billion a year uh, and, and technologies that help our customers. Uh, smart meters are one example. Uh, there are more than uh, 107 million smart meters in this country right now, representing about 75% of our customers. They help us run the system much more efficiently, uh, uh, incorporate intermittent renewables, uh, uh, allow the customers to uh, um, you know, become much more energy efficient uh, and obviously much more knowledgeable about the electricity that they're using. So uh, if I understand this correctly, uh, uh, Tom and, and Brian, please jump in here. So this means that like 75% of U.S. households now have a smart meter. I mean, that's, that's pretty astonishing numbers, right? Well, it is pretty astonishing numbers. And, uh, and again, the customer acceptance of it has been fantastic. So uh, we're, we're very, very excited. And uh, the smart meters uh, just have uh, such flexibility to do so many good things that it, uh, it, it really is a very customer-facing technology. You know, Tom, uh, Brian and I were, were talking about this earlier and really eager to hear what you have to say. Let's talk a little bit about electric transmission and why it is so important to invest in and to build more transmission. 
Well, the answer is simple. A robust transmission system is essential to helping our industry continue its clean energy transformation. The system also enhances grid resilience, powers electric transportation, and facilitates the adoption of a broad array of smart technologies to better serve our customers. So uh, EEI's member companies are vital to transmission development uh, and uh, given the time needed to build new transmission infrastructure, it is important for us to move quickly to uh, expand the transmission system in the future. And as we look at investments as well, it's also important to talk about the digital divide. With the COVID-19 pandemic, it's really highlighted uh, the deep inequity that we've seen with access to broadband and it's uh, really on, throughout the country here. So how are EI's member companies stepping up to help tackle this problem and what is kind of not in a space that you usually think electric companies are helping with? Well, that's an, it, it's a, a very, very important issue and the digital divide has shown just what uh, problems people have in underserved or unserved areas. Uh, if they don't have uh, access to the technologies they need uh, uh, that, that other people have. So, you know, electric companies have been uh, long invested uh, in incorporated telecommunications system, uh, equipment and fiber technologies in their system to uh, help us run the system much more efficiently. And so as we uh, invest in these technologies, the excess capacity uh, from them we can use to uh, partner with telecom providers to essentially provide the middle mile broadband that is necessary to expand greatly uh, into these underserved areas and to, uh, again, address this incredibly important issue. Now, Tom, last year, in the midst of this pandemic, Mother Nature was crazy. EEI member companies confronted back-to-back -back and historic hurricanes, uh, devastating wildfires, tornadoes, a derecho, and uh, a record-breaking October ice storm. How did members respond? And while you're thinking about this, what did they learn? You know, it was historic and not in a good way. Uh, it, I mean, it, Mother Nature threw everything at us last year. Uh, and uh, the hurricane season was, uh, was really uh, terrible. Uh, we had to move tens of thousands of crews from different parts of the country to uh, other places to restore power. Uh, we had, as you say, derechos and ice storms and wildfires. Um, you know, sometimes these storms can, uh, can just level a system uh, like Hurricane Laura in uh, Louisiana and East Texas. They, they, it just took down uh, hundreds of miles of transmission lines that had to be totally rebuilt. Now we can, we, we, when we do that, we can put stronger technologies in there and better technologies, but uh, it, it's a major job to do that. And we're so very, very proud of the uh, crews and companies that, uh, that responded to this and what a great job they did. In the West, the wildfire season uh, was again a, uh, a record season and our partnership with our uh, government uh, partners, uh, Department of Interior, Agriculture, Department of Energy, uh, just showed how well we can do when we work together to um, combat these disasters. And you also saw the human side uh, of this. I mean, you saw 
you know, our line workers, you know, working 16 plus hour days, they're out there, you know, working night and day and, and sometimes in really, you know, unusual circumstances, like in swamps and bayous and, and then you see mutual aid assistance. I mean, it's it just, you see the humanity in all this. Can, can you talk a little bit about that? Well, you see the humanity, but you also see the heroism and the courage. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a dangerous profession. And, you know, they, they have to, where other people are, are, you know, escaping from these storms, they're moving into them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're moving into territory that's not familiar to them. Uh, and it's just, you know, and they're doing it like huge armies when you see these trucks coming down the road. And it really is inspirational to... Uh, see the kind of work that they do. Uh, and we are just so very proud of, of, uh, of what they do. And, and it's inspiring to our customers and to all of us who serve in this industry. Absolutely. So Tom, we always do see the line workers who are out there helping to maintain the system, to, to harden the system, to help communities recovers after storms, but we also have an entire army that's working to protect the the cyber assets, the kind of cybersecurity of the system. So a lot of news back in December when we all saw the SolarWinds cyber news break. So could you speak a little bit about how EM member companies responded and what we're really doing to ensure that grid resilience and cybersecurity remain front and center for the industry? Yeah, and last year's SolarWinds attack, a highly sophisticated nation straight state threat actor successfully compromised a technology company and embedded uh, a vulnerability in its software update process. Uh, And the manipulated version of this technology was deployed widely to SolarWinds customers, including government entities. Uh, But we work closely with our government partners again, like we do on all cyber threats. Uh, We share technologies. uh, We um, do drills together with uh, our government partners, and uh, we have been uh, uh, called a model uh, in terms of an industry that uh, deals with the cyber threat. And grid security really is a shared responsibility between industry and government, right, Tom? Yes, it is. Uh, you know, we know how to run the system, We, uh, but the government uh, certainly has uh, the intelligence and the other information uh, uh, capabilities to uh, detect cyber attacks and to uh, and to keep us posted on what we need to do. So as we look to wrap up here and we look ahead a little bit, uh, it's always good to also look back. And Thomas Edison once said, what you are will show and what you do. So can we hear a little bit more about what EI plans to do this year? Some of, some of the really just big focus areas and just the, the outlook for, for continued progress on the clean energy front and grid security front and just what, what to really look forward to. Well, what you are will show on what you do is one of my favorite Edison quotes. Uh, and, uh, and it really emphasizes that uh, uh, just how much our industry is doing. And I'm an eternal optimist. I am very, very optimistic about this year. Uh, first, uh, while the coronavirus remains a deadly threat, uh, we are getting vaccines and uh, we're responding to it. And we showed last year that we can uh, deal with all kinds of things that mother nature might, uh, might throw at us. Uh, we are the most capital intensive industry as I indicated before. So we will be investing a great deal of money 
and uh, new technologies that will produce jobs for the economy. And you know, our, our biggest North Star is our customers. And so we will be working very, very closely with our customers to, uh, again, provide them with the kind of clean electricity that they want and need uh, and, and with new technologies to serve them even better. And through all of this, uh, we are very, very committed to working with our local communities on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, I think this is an incredibly important issue um, and having a diverse and inclusive workforce is incredibly key to us uh, and to make sure that we reflect the communities and the customers that we serve. So again, it's a very exciting time. Uh, our number of companies in the workforce were tested repeatedly throughout 2020. In every instance, they came through with flying colors. Their capability for doing so much so well inspires us. And we will look to their example as we engage on the many exciting opportunities that we see in the year ahead. So Tom, um, Brian has been kind enough to let me have the last question for you. And it is, it's a doozy, okay, so hold on. Do you have a favorite energy savings tip you advocate at home? And if so, can you share it with us? Well, I am a major advocate for energy efficiency and energy efficiency uh, doesn't mean having to do without uh, you. There are so many great technologies that help us use energy much more efficiently. Uh, the first computer uses a, a, a thousand times more energy than the ones today, uh, but then we have millions of computers out there right now. But my favorite energy tip is to um, follow your kids around and make sure they turn the lights <laughs> off when, uh, when they're not in the room or turn off their video games or their electronic equipment. Uh, so you are real. You do follow around your kids and turn everything off. <laughs> I do, and they hate me for it, but it's a, it's a great thing to do. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate being with you. Absolutely. And that's our show. If you have questions or comments about our program, you can email us at electricperspectives at eei.org. We'd love to hear from you. You also can subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Podbeam, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Electric Perspectives. To learn more about EEI and the electric power industry, please visit us at eei.org. I'm your host, Brian Real. And I'm Sydney Alvarez. Thanks for listening. And until next time. <laughs>